0: Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. Welcome to you all. A special welcome to our visitors this morning. If you have questions about Unitarian Universalism or about this church in particular, please don't hesitate to ask the friendly and knowledgeable people at the visitor table, and they will do their best to answer your questions. We come from a heritage that goes back, back, back to the 4th century. Our heritage includes teaching that there's a spark of the divine in every person. In the spirit of that heritage, I say, let us greet the divine right here in our midst as you turn to the person to your right and left and welcome them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another.
1: Good morning. My name is Gay Phillips, and I've been a member here at First since 2012. I want to give you all a Valentine. Love first. I think it's important. Words are very powerful. And the fewer the better sometimes. Less is more in that case. Our call to worship today is the wor- are the words of Octavia Butler. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change.
0: In this room, and in all the rooms where we gather, we represent people with the roots and practices in every major world religion, including secular humanism, including neo paganism And Presbyterians. It would be easy to imagine that we couldn't all pull in the same direction, and yet we do. Why is that? One of the things that guides us is our mission. We wrote it on the wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice.
1: Today's meditation are from the words of Kaman Kajuri. The guilt you felt when you were smiling and others were suffering, the guilt you felt when you were petty with friends and impatient with your parents. When you were rude to teachers and didn't stand for a strange, stand up for strangers, that guilt is marvelous. It proves that you are human. You want to be better. Thank this guilt for teaching you, for making you aware, and now endeavor to do better yourself. It is a lifelong work to become the person we want to be.
0: At this time in the service, we enter into silence together. We breathe deeply into that part of our heart where we are most who we are. At first, when we do this, thoughts come crowding in lists, things to do. Things we've done wrong, people to be mad at. Let us just invite our focus back to our breath coming in and out of our bodies. As we enter the silence together, we ask for the spirit of love and truth to flow through us and illuminate the dark corners that need to be seen. Let us enter the silence together, understanding that small noises of children and the noises of life are part of silence in this congregation. I've been doing a series on the Buddhist Eightfold Path as we have our theme of going back to basics this year. And we're more than halfway through. We're talking today about the element of the Eightfold Path called right effort. How do you try? How do you try? How, what is your effort in your practice? What's that supposed to look like? And what it's supposed to look like is that you're supposed to try with your heart and your soul and your body and your mind, but not too hard, and persist, and rest, and don't give up. The Buddha went from being an indulged prince in a palace to being a starving holy man, and he... Uh, having experienced everything between indulgence and asceticism, he decided, or it was revealed to him, or he discovered, that the middle way was the way to go. Because anything other than the middle way demanded that you paid too much attention to yourself. Either if you're indulging yourself all the time, or if you're starving yourself all the time, and not sleeping on a bed, but sleeping on nails or whatever... It just draws too much attention to your own self, and you don't do the work of the spirit of love out in the world. So the middle way is the way to go. Try, but not in a way that wastes energy. Persist, rest, don't give up. I had an indelible lesson on this uh, as I was learning to paddle a canoe on the New River one summer. It had been a droughty summer, and there wasn't much water in the river, but we got in our canoes, and we started paddling, and I was, of course, doing everything right, because, you know, that's what I try to do. And, um, and I always try really hard. And after about half an hour, the teacher was sitting in her canoe sideways to the river, just kind of hanging out. And she goes like this to me, come on up here. And so I'm paddling, but there's so much water. So I'm like... <clears throat> And she cocks an eyebrow, and she goes, you could just get out and drag your canoe up here. (laughs) I'd had a little blind spot where that was concerned. I just hadn't even thought that you could just get out and walk it if you had this much water. Eric Kolvig is one of my Buddhist teachers, and he says you sum up this aspect of the path by saying, again, try to do your practice, but don't try too hard and never give up. Okay, now this next part might feel like I'm veering off the path, but just bear with me because I'll bring it back around. There were many great moments in the movie Hidden Figures. The Atlas rocket was part of the launching system for the first manned space rockets. NASA in the early 60s had human computers. Men and women who could do math accurately and well and three black women were in the human computer department doing math for NASA. One of the most striking moments in the film to me was a turning point, it was a quiet moment, but it was a turning point where um, Katherine Johnson, one of the women, had been promoted up to working with the white uh, engineers and scientists who were trying to make this project happen, that the rocket would go up and the mercury capsule would go up with someone inside, And then would come back down again, and the pilot would live. Um, So she worked in the building with the white engineers, but she had to disappear for about 40 minutes at a time, several times a day. Um, You would see her with arms full of books and papers, and she would be trotting, 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 trotting to another building, half a mile off campus, half a mile. When was the last time you trotted half a mile with your arm full of papers, in heels? And um, then she would trot back half a mile, and the guy who was head of the project got irritated one day because he was looking for her, and she was nowhere to be found, and he thought she was taking these big old lazy breaks, and he said, where have you been? I've been looking for you. Why are you taking these 40-minute breaks several times a day? She was embarrassed to tell him that she was going to the bathroom because the colored bathroom was half a mile across the campus in the other building where she used to work, and there was no colored bathroom in the room, in the building where she was currently working. And the moment that I loved was seeing his face. He learned this, and he was like, and then you could see it occur to him that there wasn't any place for her to go to the bathroom in this whole building, and that he had never thought about it. It had never occurred to him Where does she go to the bathroom? And part of that is (laughs) that, you know, a man in the early 60s, normally, uh, they sort of draw the velvet curtain over the whole lady business thing. So they're not going to really be thinking about that part of a woman's day. And really... Was that his fault that he never thought about that? No. It wasn't his fault. The whole society was set up so that he didn't think about that. The gender part of the society, the race part of the society, all that was set up so that he didn't ever think, where does this lady go to the bathroom? So what I want to talk about is things that are obstacles for people, that if you don't have that particular obstacle, you don't ever think about it. And it's almost completely invisible to you. It's a blind spot in you. And it's not your fault that you have blind spots. It's not your fault. It's, but it is your responsibility to start wrestling with your blind spots and to ask the spirit of love and truth to illuminate them for you. And I didn't want to... Um, really just bore you with long lists of blind spots that we have, but there was one particular list of blind spots that white folks might have about the lives of people of color, and um, I've made about 50 copies of that list there on the visitor table. You're welcome to help yourself to one if you feel like wrestling with that, because uh, if you're a white person, it's your privilege not to wrestle with it if you don't feel like it. There's a blog post called, uh, If America Were a Game of Monopoly. And I hate these because they strip the veil off of my blind spots, which is uncomfortable and tiring. <laughs> because I feel like I ought to be able to fix it. But that is part of my privilege, too. I'm the firstborn daughter. I'm well-educated. I have, you know, white lady face and I know how to ask to speak to the manager and, um, and the manager, Lo, will come out and talk to me and be nice because of this and um, or maybe the manager would be nice to anybody. I don't know because I'm only living this life. So here's the deal about if America were a game of monopoly. The rules would be a little different. Um, okay, here are the rules. There are four players. The pieces are one is white, one is red, one is black, and one is yellow. The what player with the white piece is the banker. The starting amounts, this is based on um, median household net worth in the year 2000. The starting amounts are the white player gets 1500 the yellow player gets uh, 1085 the black player gets 105 and the red player gets 75 to start with. Uh, when you pass GO, you get $200 if you're the white player. This is based on median personal income for the year 2000. You get $170 if you have the yellow piece, 140 if you have the black piece, and 120 if you have the red piece. Settling disputes. Here are the rules. If there's a dispute, it comes to a vote. Democracy, right? comes to a vote. If you want to change the rules, it comes to a vote. Here are the rules for voting. The white piece gets 8.2 votes, based on population in 2000 census. 8.2 votes. The black piece gets 1.3 votes, the yellow piece, 0.4 votes, and the red piece, 0.1 vote. Speaking up, this is based on media ownership. It's not anybody's being mean, nobody's being mean, These are the people who own the media. Why? Oh, I don't know. It's a story for another day. (laughs) The white player can speak at any time. Other players speak only when spoken to. They're allowed to raise their hand to try to get the attention of the white player to ask a question. Now, I don't mean the white player. I just mean the player with the white piece. Here are the rules about jail. Red and black piece players go to jail if they land on any corner square, because black folks are three times more likely to be stopped by police and have their car searched, and both blacks and Native Americans are way more likely to end up in prison than whites. To get out of jail, you pay a $1,000 fine or you wait five turns. These are rules only for the red piece player. Decisions to build or sell houses must be approved by the white player. The white player can build on any of the red player's squares and keep all the income for himself or herself. This is based on the government's management of remaining native lands. All the other rules are the same. Now, if the players say to the person with the white piece, this is unfair, the white piece person is supposed to, or is just advised to say, get over it. This is democracy. Uh, if you want a rule change, we'll just have a vote. Okay, so you can see where that's going. It is incumbent upon us as Unitarian Universalists and as people who are moved by the spirit of love and truth, it is incumbent upon us, um, no matter what our intersections of privilege or citizenship or color, gender, uh, sexual orientation, uh, ability, Uh, No matter what all those are in us, it is incumbent upon us to wrestle with our blind spots, and it is incumbent incumbent upon us not to say, oh, come on, the rules are the rules. If we are a person playing that American game of monopoly and we get the white piece, it is incumbent upon us to vote with our 8.2 votes in a way that helps everybody not just that keeps us okay. Now, there um, now is a white nationalist as the head of strategy for the White House. And this game is a game that was rigged a long time ago, not anybody's fault, but it is our fault to notice, it. it is our responsibility to notice it. And it is our responsibility to do what we can when we notice it, about the things we can notice. And it is our responsibility to hold accountable people in the government, um, Steve Bannon, Jeff Sessions, who who dearly want these rules to stay the same or maybe even just advantage that white peace player just a little bit more. Because we have votes, and if we're white peace players, we have a little bit more power. Now, we all have blind spots. If you're a white person, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to get to this place in the game. You're just born into it. If you're a male person, it's not your fault if you have blind spots about the female experience. Not your fault. Just, it's your responsibility to start studying. like, what is life like for a woman? If you're a straight person... It's your responsibility, not your not your fault, you didn't choose to be straight, but it's your responsibility to say, I wonder what life is like for a gay person. I wonder what it would be like if I walked around gay for a day, just slap a rainbow flag on my suit and let everybody just assume, to see how life is different. Because, you know, a lot of times you can't tell by looking... So many of us are trying in our efforts, in our right efforts, to stand up for UU values of justice and democracy. And we're trying to learn where our power lies, and we're, and we're feeling very powerless, almost all of us. And we're trying to figure out how to influence those who can change laws and who can enforce laws. And we want to protect our Muslim neighbors, and we want to protect our undocumented neighbors from the aggressive enforcement tactics ICE is using right now in Travis County, um, we want, to, we want to keep injustice from happening in a way that we can leverage the privilege that we have, the time we have, or the education we have, or the skin color or sexual orientation or uh, able-bodiedness that we have to help make justice prevail. And this is America, so we can push for our view of justice. Everybody's doing that. We persist. We try. We have to not burn out, so we rest. And then we try some more. If I'm head of the department at NASA, I want to do the right thing. I want to be a good person. I've got my own disadvantages I'm dealing with. I'm trying to build a rocket here. I see that one of my people can't go to the bathroom in the building where she works, so I fix it. Because I can. Do I give up my job at NASA and start working full time for, uh, to fix the bathroom thing? Well, no. But I fix it when I can. When I notice it and I can fix it, I can. If I am the head of a department at NASA and I want to call my senator, my senator's going to talk to me. So I call my senator even though I've still got lots of blind spots, even though I can't be thinking now about where everybody goes to the bathroom. I, I might. It would be a good spiritual discipline. Maybe. Maybe it would just be weird. I can't be thinking about how kids with undocumented parents feel when their parent doesn't show up to pick them up from school when my parent didn't come to pick me up from school i knew she had had an attack of forgetfulness and she'd forgotten me which was horrible enough i didn't have to worry about her being in handcuffs in a van being taken off to a detention center which is what a lot of our travis county kids are worrying about now can they learn in a situation like that not very well I can't be thinking about, if I'm trying to build a rocket, how to prepare my black daughter to drive across Texas to her new job. I can't be thinking about how worried that mother is because she knows her daughter's got a mouth on her and her daughter's not scared enough. I can't be thinking about all those things I can't see. But if I'm a Unitarian Universalist, in 2017, I can open my imagination once a week to try to imagine what life is like for somebody else who's different from me. What is it like for them to walk around in the world? What is it like for them to try to find a job? What is it like for them to go to school? What is it like for them to to get a home loan or to try to find an apartment, to find friends? What is it like for that person? And then find out if there's anything that we can do to help or support that person in overcoming the obstacles. So if you have the privilege of being a citizen, find out what you can do with that privilege. And if you have the privilege of being light-skinned, which is a privilege in almost every culture, ask yourself what you can do with that light-skinnedness. I'm in the game You're in the game. You landed in the game. You've got the advantages you've got. You've got the disadvantages you've got. You have to decide what to do. You have to decide what you can do. You have to decide. Maybe this whole activism thing is not your thing. That's all right. What else can you do? Can you be an open-hearted, kind person? Can you write letters? Can you write thank-you notes to people who are doing something? Can you just be kinder to your family? Can you write a check? Writing letters is great, and writing checks is great, too. Try, but don't try too hard. Rest, persist, don't give up. That is all. Will you say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts, Until we are together again. Remember the way of the wind And breathe and blow Remember the way of the fire Sparkle and glitter and glow Remember the way of the wall Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace.
1: This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.